Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you today. I had the hardest time creating the show this week. There was so much news, and I read so many articles and trying to decide what to put in the show and what to leave out. And there were so many articles with, like, tantalizing headlines, but then when you read the article itself, you're like, man, this isn't that interesting. So um, in the actual, like, what I do is I put everything into my Instapaper uh, queue. And then I read through that stuff. And then I put that into another queue called kilowatt news. And I had over 30 items in the kilowatt news section, which normally I'll have about 22 or so. And I'll drop that down to 15. I don't know how many articles we're doing today, but it's a lot. There was so much stuff to read this week. And my brain hurts because I'm not used to reading that much. It was a lot. Anyway, Let's see here. The thing that I like this week is a show. Well, there's actually two things. There's a show on HBO. It's called The Outsider. And it's a Stephen King book. It's directed by, who's that guy? Jason Bateman. He even acts in it. It's a it's a really good kind of creepy, keep you on the edge of your seat type thriller from Stephen King. It was great. And I'm reading the book right now, and I highly suggest both. Although Stephen King, his dialogue, for whatever reason, and I can't write to save my life, so don't take this as a huge criticism, but for whatever reason, it falls flat for me, his dialogue does, but his storytelling is fantastic. And the other thing that I'd like to tell you about is a podcast that I've mentioned before on this show by James from Canada. It's called True North EVs. I hope this doesn't sound too conceited, but I honestly think True North EVs is a nice partner show to this show. Because if you want to know about the general everyday news by a moron that doesn't have an EV or any sort of experience with EVs, that's just basically talking out my uh, you know what, you listen to this show. But if you want somebody who actually owns an EV, who's part of an EV group in Canada and does EV events and is very involved in the EV world, then you should listen to James's podcast, True North EVs, because you get the real skinny. With me, um, I can't even say I'm all flash and no substance. I'm just no substance, but James has the substance and the flash. I really suggest going and listening to his podcast. The link is in the show notes. So True North EVs, please go and check it out, James's podcast. Oh, and it's a new month. I did not prepare the thank you for the patrons. 
but I will do that next week. But if you would like to join the patrons in supporting the show, all the money goes back to the show. None of the money goes into my pocket. You can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. And you can take a peek and see what we've got going up on the Patreon page. There are some things like the extra part of the show that only the patrons get. But I try to post something once a week that everybody has access to. And this week I posted uh, a little video clip on Lordstown Motors. It looks like they're going to be the first in the United States anyway to build an electric pickup truck. They're stating that they'll have their pickup truck in production by uh, 2020, the summer of 2020, which is very aggressive. And I'll be surprised if they do it, but they seem convinced. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. It's completely free. You can also take a look at our tiers if you want to support the show or not. Like I said, everything goes back to the show. None of that goes into my pocket. I have a job. So anyway, I'll stop babbling about that. Here's a little preview for the Patreon exclusive content this week. We are going to talk about, it's mostly like how to talk to your friends who say things like, well, EVs create more pollution than ice cars. Because I do this podcast and my friends know that I do this podcast, this is a conversation I have an awful lot because, well, because they're jerks and they like to antagonize me. And I've tried insulting them, but it just doesn't work. That's what they want. They want me to insult them. They want me to get mad. So I started looking up facts. And then when I start throwing facts at them, I've found that most people in general, if you throw enough numbers at them, you just shut them up. But you want to make sure that the numbers that you're throwing at them are accurate and not made up because uh, there are people out there who are smart enough to call you on it. So I'm going to give you some of that information and hopefully that'll help you out with conversations you have with your friends. All right, let's get to our first article. Steve Hanley of Clean Technica. Rivian is planning on selling their vehicles directly to customers, meaning they will not use dealers, which means they get to keep all of their money, which is, you know, advantageous to a new startup, especially a EV startup. But there are definite advantages to selling through a dealer, but that's only if the dealer you're selling through makes selling your EV a priority. So if for some reason Rivian is on the same lot as Chevy pickups and the salesperson is going to get a bigger commission selling that Chevy pickup versus selling the EV pickup, they are definitely going to push the customer towards the product that's going to make the salesperson the most amount of money. I'm not saying every salesperson out there is like this. However, there are plenty that are. So if the dealer is not on board with selling your vehicles or their salespeople aren't on board because they're not getting a big enough commission that makes it worth their while, this is, you know, dead. This whole idea is dead. So selling directly to customers makes a lot of sense. Tesla's paved the way in a lot of states for direct consumers auto sales. I think they just won in Colorado. Maybe they just won one step so that Tesla can sell directly in Colorado. Um, but You know, not having a dealer network could definitely slow sales initially because Rivian isn't exactly a household name. You know, there's advantages and disadvantages. Rivian has definitely done a great job, and we've talked about this in the past, with partnering with third-party companies for optimizing their logistics. Not only just delivery, but sales and all that other stuff behind the scenes. So I'm really rooting for Rivian, and I hope they do well. Next story, Nicholas Zart of Electric. NEO has started production on their EC6 sedan, 
We don't know a lot about the EC6 other than it'll have a 70, 84, and 100 kilowatt hour liquid cooled battery pack. And based on the pictures that you can find online, it looks to be a little bigger than the Model 3, but a little smaller than the Model Y. I mean, I'm just like, it's like an eyeball observation there. I, I really don't know how big it is. That will give the EC6 with the 100 kilowatt hour battery pack, it'll give it a 300 mile range. So we'll get more details and pricing about this vehicle in July. At this time, it's for Chinese customers only, which we have zero people who listen to this podcast in China, as far as I know. But NIO is an interesting company, and I think if they are able to succeed, they're going to come to other cities, or excuse me, other countries as well. Norway probably being the first. And if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that NIO has some financial issues and they are burning through money at the moment. They just got a little infusion of cash, but it's on, it's not enough. So hopefully the EC6 will help the company stay afloat. Our next story comes from Dominic Wild of Inside EVs. If you live in the UK and you have a EV charging point, you could make some extra money by renting out your parking spot in your driveway. So uparkingspace.co.uk did a study of homeowners who rent out their driveways as parking spaces. If they had a EV charger, they made 12% more than people who did not have an EV charger. I had no idea this was a thing, that there are so few parking places, I'm guessing in big municipal areas, that people are renting out their driveways as parking spaces and making money. What a great way to make passive income. Mark or Ian, if either of you know more about this, please send me more information on this. This is fascinating to me. Um, You know, obviously in Arizona, everything is huge. We have big, flat, open areas, and parking is not a problem. Even downtown parking is not a problem. So, uh yeah, it's just like crazy. And what a great way to make some income. I like, think that's really cool. So, and if you want to make 12% extra, which I'm guessing could be significant, then you should probably think about, I'm stalling because I closed my notes. You should probably think about uh, renting out your parking space. Now let me find my notes. Okay, here we go. I just closed them out on accident. Autoblog, Jonathan Ramsey has their next story. VW is dealing with a little software issue that is interfering with the launch of the ID3. According to VW, the basic architecture was developed too hastily, so the various modules often do not understand each other and suffer dropouts. Now, this is a problem. VW is building an operating system for their car. Imagine, just think back if you're old enough, of Windows 95 or Windows 98 or any of those. Windows uh, NT was pretty good. What was the other one? Uh, It was a consumer Windows. Anyway, Windows in general had a lot of problems very early on. Just imagine that in your car and how frustrating that would be for you. So um, to simplify this problem to people who aren't really super nerdy, the car has a lot of software bugs and it's up to 300 bugs are being reported each day. And there are over 10,000 engineers from Volkswagen group, which is, you know, and tells all of their properties like Porsche and Audi and things like that. All these engineers are working to correct this issue. And a big reason why is because I'm sure that this software in one form or another will be put into VW groups, other vehicles, not just the ID three. 
But despite this setback, VW is still planning to produce in store 20,000 ID3s. And the first 10,000 cars are scheduled to get the correct software in March. So they must be already um, building these vehicles and just storing them somewhere. Despite this little hiccup, VW is still committed to shipping this year, which is 2020 if you're listening to it in the current year. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm I'm hopeful. I think the ID3 is a really cool car. However, it's not getting released in North America, so it's a really cool car for Europe. Simon Alvarez has our next story of Teslarati. Will Tesla ever supply batteries to rival automakers? We've had quite a few stories about legacy automakers and battery supply problems and having to halt or slow production because of some sort of supply chain issue. So does this put Tesla in a position to sell battery packs to automakers? And the answer is maybe, which I know is not great. Elon had this quote, it would be consistent with the mission of Tesla to help other car companies with electric vehicles on the battery and powertrain front, possibly other fronts. So it's something we're open to. We're definitely open to supplying batteries and powertrains or perhaps other things to car companies, to other car companies. Okay, so Elon says there's a possibility. So the doors open a crack. Now, Fiat Chrysler CEO Steve Manley said that Fiat Chrysler may buy batteries and powertrains from Tesla. He also mentioned the possibility of acquiring a skateboard platform from Tesla for Fiat Chrysler vehicles. I could definitely see Tesla selling technology to other auto manufacturers. Um, they've partnered with Mercedes and Toyota in the past, and some might say that was pretty successful. Everyone I know who's owned one of those vehicles has loved it. So that's definitely a positive. If Tesla chooses to sell their technology, I think they would pick one or two manufacturers to partner with. I don't think they would go with much more than that because at the moment, Tesla can barely keep up with their own production needs. Battery pack production is in, you know, it's a bit of a bottleneck for Tesla. And Elon mentioned that in the last earnings call. But as more gigafactories come online, I could see this being more of a possibility. Another possibility that I see and I think is pretty likely, I don't know if it's more likely than Tesla selling technology, but it's pretty likely. Instead of Tesla building the battery packs and powertrain and skateboard, once they sign contracts, that kind of locks them in. So if they're not able to meet the contracts um, agreed upon uh, goals, uh, terms, I guess would be a better word, then Tesla might be tempted to rob from their own vehicles to give to, let's say, Fiat Chrysler in this situation. What Tesla may do or could do in this situation is they could just license that technology and then lease the machines to build that technology to the auto manufacturers. And then it's up to the auto manufacturers to produce the battery packs and the powertrains and things like that. But Tesla's like, hey, we own the company that builds these technologies. So we'll just lease that to you. We'll license the the tech to you. And then you just pay us and then we're all good. I mean, we'll help you out. Maybe they'll send out somebody from Tesla once a quarter to make sure everything's cool. But as a general rule, you're on your own. You're getting your own materials. You're getting your own employees, your own building, and Godspeed, please don't be late sending the check. 
you know, now that I'm talking about this, and this is based off of nothing, by the way, this is just, you know, random stuff that goes through my head. But maybe what if Gigafactory Texas was simply built just to build the components for Fiat Chrysler instead of building something for Tesla? What if? I don't know if that's true. Not even a rumor. That's just like a fever dream that I've had just right now, like a fever thought. All right. Our next story, Fred Lambert. Tesla has a secret project called Roadrunner. We've been talking about Tesla working on their own battery cells for a few months now. From rumors of a new battery line at Fremont to Tesla acquiring Maxwell Technologies, we've all been kind of wondering what's going on there. According to Electric, Project Roadrunner will help Tesla mass produce a new battery that is cheaper to manufacture and is more energy dense. If this is true, then these batteries will be used, and this is me talking, to replace the Model S and Model X's 18650 battery cells. And that, you know, again, that's not a that's not a fact. That's a guess. That's me. But Model S and X, they don't sell a ton of units. And it's possible that a battery line at Fremont will be able to supply cells to the Model S and Model X. So Tesla wouldn't have to pay for transportation, which I think they get their batteries from Japan now. So they wouldn't have to pay for transportation from Japan to Fremont. They could just produce them at the factory and, you know, then they're good. I am throwing a lot of stuff against the wall this episode. (laughs) So if you have anything to say on, uh, you know, all of this nonsense that I'm spewing out, please don't hesitate to email me, Bodie at 918digital.com. Dot com B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Our next story comes from Steve Hanley of Clean Technica and Fred Lambert of Electric. Panasonic is stepping away from their solar cell production deal with Tesla at Gigafactory New York. It sounds like this deal, which was, I think, inked in 2017, has not been lucrative for Panasonic. This doesn't affect the deal that Panasonic and Tesla have at Gigafactory Nevada, where they're building the 2170 cells. That has not changed. Uh, despite the fact that Gigafactory New York is losing Panasonic, Tesla currently has over 1,800 employees working in New York, which is really very impressive. Tesla received incentives from the state of New York And in turn, they had to hit certain benchmarks. And one of those benchmarks was they had needed to have over 1,450 workers by the end of April. And Tesla has obviously achieved that benchmark. Sadly, Panasonic is laying off 403 of their employees. But Tesla said they're going to try to hire as many of those displaced workers as possible. So that's good. Um, Here's some more details about Gigafactory Berlin. I like to revisit this stuff because I feel like sometimes some of the news kind of gets spun out and like misinformation gets put out there. So I just listed some interesting information about Gigafactory Berlin and then Germany as a whole. Right now, between the Model S and X assembly plant in Tilburg and the Tesla Grumman automation factory, Tesla currently employs 5,500 people in Europe, which is a pretty impressive number. During phase one of Gigafactory Berlin, Tesla anticipates employing 12,000 people. Now, I think that includes all of Europe, not just Gigafactory Berlin. So that would be 6,500 people at Gigafactory Berlin, anywhere between 6,500 and 12,000 people, which is, you know, a pretty significant workforce. 
let's see, uh, Gigafactory Berlin will sit on a 300 hectare plot of land. The Tesla paid 40 million euros for it. Model Y will be built at Gigafactory Berlin. And I'll tell you why that's important in a second. Tesla has a phase one target of 10,000 vehicles in production a week, which is really uh, a pretty hefty goal. But the main focus is going to be on the Model Y, which makes sense. Uh, Gigafactory Berlin will have a solar roof. And I also guess that they probably have a couple of power packs or mega packs to power the plant when the sun's not out. Um, Tesla wants to start production at Gigafactory Berlin in July of 2021. Yeah, hopefully that was informative for you. Jonah Kreider of Clean Technica has our next story. Tesla and PG&E have been approved to install a huge battery plant outside of Monterey, California. This is going to be a 1.2 gigawatt hour power plant that will store solar and wind power for use later, obviously. It's replacing a natural gas peaker plant. This new plant is 10 times the size of the Hornsdale Energy Plant in Australia, which I think at this moment is the largest in the world. So that's pretty impressive. I was listening to Elon Daily with Mel Herbert, and he had mentioned that it would be able to power San Francisco for between four and eight hours. Like just this plant would be able to power San Francisco for four to eight hours. That's a pretty significant amount of power. Our next story comes from Jameson Dow and Fred Lambert of Electric. Model Y reservation holders have started receiving notifications that Model Y deliveries will begin in March. And I'm sure you have all heard about this. So I won't bore you with all of the details, but basically the Model Y long range rear wheel drive and the Model Y Performance five-seat configuration, as long as you ordered one of those things, you are likely going to get your car in mid-March or early April, which is super exciting news. I mean, I honestly, I did not think we'd be seeing normal people getting these cars till June. I will be eating a lot of Model Y Crow on this, and I'm happy to, honestly. This is great news. Now, if you pre-ordered a Model Y long-range rear-wheel drive or a performance Model Y, and you configured it with the third-row seat, so you got the seven-seater. Tesla's reaching out to those folks, and they're saying, hey, look, if you would like to reconfigure your order and drop the third row and just get the five-seater, then you can get your Model Y sooner because the seven-seat Model Y isn't coming out until next year. And I think it's an extra $3,000 to get those extra seats. So all in all, good news. But one of the things I'm kind of struggling with is we still don't have a lot of information about the Model Y. And it's it's kind of weird because Tesla is asking a significant amount of people to spend at least $60,000 on a vehicle that no one has seen in a meaningful way. That is a huge leap of faith. Now, the Model 3 was a success. So, you know, and the Model Y is basically the Model 3, just bigger. So a lot of people may be basing that off of their love for the Model 3. They just want a bigger vehicle. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I just, I hope that that doesn't bite Tesla in the butt. I don't think that it will, but you never know because the internet is fickle. Our next story comes from Fred Lambert. The NTSB has finished their investigation on the 2018 Model X that hit the median barrier on Highway 101 in Mountain View, California. If you remember, 
the gentleman, the owner of the Tesla had taken the Tesla in because at this one specific spot, the car always veered toward that median. And uh, Tesla said there was nothing wrong with it. So NTSB has done their investigation and now they're kind of spreading the blame around. So first they blamed Tesla because autopilot was on and the NTSB said that Tesla has ignored NTSB's, that's the National Transportation Safety Board, that Tesla has ignored the NTSB's calls for better safeguards to prevent drivers from misusing autopilot. So they say, Tesla, you are partly responsible, not because this guy brought the car in and said, hey, look, anytime I get to this one area, it kind of tries to run me into a median, but because the NTSB has called on Tesla to put better safeguards in so that people are paying attention when autopilot's on. Second, they gave blame to the driver. According to the driver's phone data, the driver was playing a game around the time of the crash. Now, to be fair to the driver, we don't know if the driver was holding the phone or interacting with the game at the time of the crash. He may have just had it on and done nothing with it. So we don't, we don't know if he was holding the phone or paying attention or not paying attention to the road. We just know that the phone was on and the game was on. Now, the likelihood is if the, the game was on, then he was probably playing. But you never know. Third, the NTSB is blaming Apple. And this is a weird one. The driver was an Apple employee. Apple does not have a distracted driving policy for its employees. So the NTSB is putting some blame on Apple, which is weird because it's one thing to have a policy when you are driving a company-owned vehicle. Like if I am driving a city-owned vehicle, I'm not allowed to be on my phone. I'm not allowed to be touching my phone, looking at my phone, blah, blah, blah. That makes sense. But once I get into my car, they are not allowed to dictate rules to me. And neither is Apple allowed to dictate rules to their employees. So I don't quite understand why blaming Apple uh, makes any sense here. I mean, effectively, Apple doesn't have, it's none of their business what this guy does with his vehicle when he gets off of work. Now, ultimately, you don't want them to do anything illegal. But really, if he wants to drive 70 in a 65, that is none of Apple's business because he is off work and he is, you know, in his own car on his own time. So I don't quite understand the NTSB's logic there. But um, ultimately, it looks like it's the driver and Tesla's uh, responsibility for this accident. And it's, it's sad because you don't ever want to see anybody obviously lose their life. Uh, needlessly. And this was kind of one of those things. Um, and in a very, very uh, tragic way. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for being patient and listening to the show. I hope you all enjoyed it. I enjoyed, even though it was really hard, I really enjoyed making this show for you this week. I learned a lot, like mind, a mind-numbing amount of information. And hopefully I was able to pass a little bit of that on to you folks uh, thanks so much for listening. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. If you would like to, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at 918digital and I keep my DMs open and you are more than welcome to send me a message that way or through email. And yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for being patient with me. Have a great week and I will talk to you on Friday.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.